1: Good morning. I'm Kathy Batten, one of the licensed practitioners here. And I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about what a practitioner is. Ernest Holmes put it very succinctly in the science of mind. It is the practitioner's business to uncover God in everyone. That's what we do. Ernest also repeatedly states in his writings that there is nothing to be healed, only our truth to be revealed. And the truth of us is that all life has been created by that one that I choose to call God. You might call it spirit, heaven, universe, anything you'd like. But we have all been created by that one Of that one and so within each of us is the spirit of that God but there are times in our lives even if we've had the education even if we know intellectually that that is our truth there's times in our lives when we cannot access that spirit within times when we don't recognize the good that we are and during those times the practitioner brings his or her consciousness to a true recognition of your perfection perfectly whole perfectly good and through affirmative prayer that practitioner will partner with you to bring forth that perfection to call forth into your earthly lives that perfection that good and transform your life to the good that you desire. The primary function of a practitioner is affirmative prayer and we offer prayers during service, after service, we pray throughout the week for those who have filled out our out prayer cards, for those that have requested prayer through the website. We hold all in prayer during service, during meetings, get-togethers, and we are available for individual professional practitioner se- sessions. A practitioner session is totally confidential. Practitioners are trained professionals, and a session is like any other professional session. You will schedule an appointment, you'll arrange payment up front, you'll determine how and where you're going to meet. Practitioners will meet with you in person, by telephone, most on Zoom recently. And the first step in a session will be a centering prayer. And then they will ask you to explain why why you are there, and give some background into that situation. They may ask you to clarify the issue, ask you for more background, and get to the cause. The practitioner may suggest spiritual tools, spiritual practices that could improve the situation, and they will always do a spiritual mind treatment that affirms the truth to be revealed. They will show you how to use the spiritual mind treatment for yourself. A practitioner recognizes oneness in all life, holding a consciousness of perfection for that life. Perfect God, perfect man, perfect being. And now Laura Perkins is going to come up. She is another of our licensed practitioners, and she will talk to you about the spiritual mind treatment.
2: Good morning. So, what is spiritual mind treatment? It's a pragmatic, highly effective way to say a prayer. Uh, it's also known as five step affirmative prayer. The, um, calling it scientific, scientific mind treatment is more associated with this particular new thought philosophy, science of mind, where we treat the mind, calling it five-step affirmative prayer. I like that because it reminds me that every step, we're affirming, affirming, affirming. So what are the five steps? Five steps make it easy for five fingers. And I have written the names of the steps on here, so I'm asking you to use your imagination so that you can read (laughs) what's now sweaty and smudged on my fingers. (laughs) First step is recognition. You may have noticed practitioner Kathy using the word recognition or recognize. Second step is unification. We are one. Third step is realization, realizing the truth of our, of our own situation, the capital T, divine truth. Fourth is thanksgiving. That's a word everybody recognizes right off, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> easy word, easy word. <laughs> and then re- release. So be grat- be grateful, be in gratitude, and then let go and let God. Lots of times myself included, learning this. I didn't use these words. I used for recognition, God is. For unification, I am too. For realization, the truth is. For thanksgiving, gratitude. That one's the easiest to relate to immediately. And then release, I let go and I let God. So I'm thinking... That you might wonder, okay, so what's the purpose of this? I'm going to talk you through something to make my personal stand that the purpose of this is to change our vibration. Okay? So we treat the mind. And as we treat the mind, we change our thinking. As we change our thinking, our emotions and feelings change. As that changes our resonance energy field changes and as Ernest Holmes teaches we are always, always, always being responded to by being corresponded to so when we change our energy we're giving what we want the universe to say yes to so how about even though we've heard five-step affirmative prayers, scientific mind treatment today, let's listen to one step-by-step, step and don't close your eyes. <laughs> Pay attention to, I'm going to take a break between each step. I'm really focusing on each step, like by the book, in this case, by the fingers. Five-step affirmative prayer. <sighs> So, I recognize that there is but one power, one presence in all the universe. God is the source of all there is. From the tiniest seed to the largest star, God is the substance of it all. The seen and the unseen. The unification of all is through that source, substance, and essence. Everything that God is, we are too. All the brilliance, all the creativity, all the divine direction and guidance, all the unconditional love, the infinite wisdom, is what we are made up of, and through it, we are one. In realization, we remember and revel in the creative process of this truth. Mm. As we treat our minds, we change our thinking. As we change our thoughts, we change our emotions and feelings. Our changed thoughts and emotions change our resonance. And our energy field is changed to which God is always saying, yes, yes, yes. Everything is energy. Our thoughts move it, our emotions amplify it and our aligned actions increase the magnitude the entirety of the universe is always responding to us always corresponding to us always saying yes Fourth step. (laughs) Gratitude. I have such great gratitude for this knowing. I am thankful for Ernest Holmes and all the many teachers, past and present, who help us deepen our understanding of the philosophy and the power of scientific mind treatment. with that I release. I let go and let God. I know that the natural cause and effect of the universe is unfolding in absolute perfections. And it's good. (laughs) And it's real good. And together we say, and so it is. Five steps a spiritual tool for everybody's spiritual toolbox. Thank you. And please welcome practitioner, Catherine Richer.
3: Thank you so much. Yes, please. I would like to give a round of applause and yahoo's for everyone who is here in the room virtually, everyone who has put this service together, everyone who has spoken, I feel like I don't even need to do this talk, between the beautiful message from April about love and blossoming every hour and trusting and knowing that we are guided in that, to the message about what is a practitioner, all of us standing as licensed practitioners before you, and Laura, just rocking the five-step mind treatment. I bet you remember that now, right? (laughs) right on your digits. (laughs) That's digital power. (laughs) So thank you to everyone. It is indeed uh, my delight to be here. Uh, Your messenger for this uh, service, as well as everyone else's, I feel like this is just wrapping everything up, because it's beautiful, and I'm honored to be here. Thank you. So every Sunday service, you hear us invite you to change your life simply by changing your mind which is what Laura was just talking about and really beautifully and powerfully. Uh, Let's talk about simple for a moment because it's not always simple and sometimes we repeat our, we renew our affirmations when we fall in the same uh, well in the ground or something like this. So And it's all practice. It is all practice. And so in this way, we are all practitioners to some degree when we practice that awareness of the divine presence, of that one, of that power, of that source and wisdom as us. And we are practitioners when we recognize the truth, the spiritual truth with a capital T in all situations. And the truth is is something that is always true. Joy is always. Love is always. Light is always. Love is always. These other things, what we call appearances or circumstances, they are transient. They come and they go. And so when we release in the fifth step, we let that all go in order to allow that good. So, We practice when we, what I like to call, we flip it. And Remember that Devo song? When a problem comes along, you must flip it. Dude, she remembers that. She's (laughs) dancing. I love it. Well, flipping is when, for example, say somebody kind of crashes into you and keeps on going without an apology. And the immediate response might be like, hello? And we can be in that immediate response place of irritation. yeah. And when we catch ourselves, and this is practicing mindfulness, we catch ourselves in that irritation and determine its opposite, which is, Laura talked about, vibration. Do I want to be the vibration of irritation today? So what's the opposite of irritation? Peace, joy, joy. beautiful, yes, pardon me, Harmony. harmony, yes, opposites. This actual practice goes all the way back to the Yoga Sutras, thousands of years ago. So this is ancient wisdom, for sure. And so let's go with delight. Okay, rather than being irritation, is irritation even attractive? (laughs) <laughs> when someone has an irritation face, is it, oh, I'm going to go tell them how beautiful they look today. <laughs> it's like, I don't know about that. Uh, I think I'll just keep my distance, and, and we'll see what happens later. Uh, so we determine the opposite, which is delight, and that's when we have the chance to flip it. So I like to think of it when you make pancakes, and you leave them on a little too long, and they kind of start to get a little stinky. So if we recognize these pancakes burning, go, oh, hmm, something is off here. Let's flip it. So we get to flip. And so we say something like, ah, divine life delights in all of its expressions. I am delighted to be alive today. I am delighted to witness people being themselves exactly how they are and who they are. Thank you, life. And perhaps we even bless the person as we move on. Maybe they just found out their partner's having a baby in in the hospital, or who knows? It doesn't matter. We rise above that situation, and we choose the higher vibration for ourselves, and then everyone around us as well. So this is affirming the spiritual truth of who we and the divine are. We are in the divine as delight. And so now we move on with delight, kind of chuckle. I chuckle at myself when I do that and catch myself. Okay, how funny. And just as the cosmic intelligence delights in its creation, it dances through its creation with delight. So think of this maybe as the spiritual version of dancing with the stars. We're really doing the cosmic dance of delight. So this is a fairly easy one to change. And it's practice. There's no judgment. We don't criticize ourselves along the way. We don't shame ourselves along the way. It's practice. And the more we practice, the easier it is. And the less we fall into negative thinking. And we might discover repeating patterns. Hmm. I thought I was irritated just yesterday, too. Hmm. I wonder about that. So... Anyway, this brings us to situations where it's not quite so easy to mind flip. And I believe this is when we go beyond uh, really amping up the changing our mind and changing our vibration to really experiencing a profound, lasting transformation. And it's more of a labyrinthine journey, which brings us to labyrinths. Labyrinths have been used for many thousands of years as a spiritual tool, a practice of literally walking into, through, and out of whatever is in one's heart in a situation by following the path. Now, there are two kinds of labyrinths, and the one I'm talking about is the one you cannot get lost in this labyrinth. And... It's paved with stones, and it leads to an open center. And from there, the path winds out of the labyrinth. So many of us helped build in some way or another or painted rocks and blessed and walked the Camp Cedar Ridge labyrinth. And I bet many of you have experienced walking labyrinths as well. And they look something like this. My mother actually made this with her partner in Egypt. And it's an example of a labyrinth. It's actually a finger labyrinth, uh, which is kind of handy. But just to give you a general sense, you can't get lost in this labyrinth. So that's the labyrinth, what they look like from a physical standpoint. And now I'd like to connect changing your mind, labyrinths, and heartstones through a personal journey. I was sharing a very challenging experience with a with a cherished friend and she asked me what kept me from saying no to a guy I really wanted to say no to in order to honor myself and when I dove below surface excuses you know I kind of pondered this for a while I, huh I wonder why I realized I was afraid to say no to him. And I had no reason to because he was very respectful, but I was afraid. And this fear was lodged in my heart and in my mind like a stone. So deeply that most of my life, it was a struggle for me to stand up to male authority or boyfriends or intimate partners. And this was my heart stone. Fear. So I stood at the entrance of the labyrinth with my heart stone in my hands, seeking a deep transformation. I did not want to fall in that pothole again because I knew it was there. So I took this. uh, I was in meditation the next morning. And as I walked this labyrinth of my soul in the silence, I flashed on a moment when my father... Uh, punished me physically as a very young child for something that I had done. And it was absolutely terrifying. I was so scared, I peed on his lap as he spanked me. And I felt all alone, even though I had three, br- three brothers and a sister and a mom somewhere in the house, I felt so alone with no one to protect me. And in that moment in meditation, I realized that's my first memory of fear and shame. It had been an obstruction to standing in my power for decades. Now, one thing about labyrinths is you can take a shortcut. (laughs) You can cut the walk short. Simply by walking over the stones, you just cut right across that path and get out. Now, wouldn't this have been the perfect time for me to make an escape? (laughs) Take a shortcut, do spiritual bypassing, brush it off. Ah, no big deal. We got this. Easier? Sure. You bet. However, as is true of all deep and lasting spiritual work, until we walk the path all the way in and release our heartstones through and with the love source at the center of our being, those heartstones will continue to be obstructions. Reverend Christine talked about this earlier this month when she said, circumstances may change, but we're going to date the same person in a different body. We're going to have difficult people at a different job. We're going to, we're going to keep falling into that same, same pothole in the street wondering why. Or we can transform our lives from within. A Lynn Twist, in a book called Living a Committed Life, wrote... Transformation actually completes the past, makes sense of the present, and generates a future that blossoms out of what is so now. Huh. Okay. Now a lot of my past made sense because I made the connection. The past is complete. And from that, the future blossoms, the flower in my heart is open to blossom. So knowing, I, I didn't want to carry this obstructive heart stone anymore. And so I chose to continue walking with this painful memory instead of making a quick exit. And as I walked, I was guided by my inner wisdom to embrace Kathy, this is my inner child. I grew up Kathy, little girl Kathy. And I embraced her, and I assured her it was not her fault. That it was not okay. And that I'm always with her. That she is never alone. And that she is precious. And as I did this, my father's figure became very small as I held Kathy. He, in that event, no longer had power over us. And it wasn't any negative vibration. It was a simple, "Mm," you know, like a hum goes to nothing. And then I saw the silhouette of a magnificent, powerful force. I felt her embracing both of us in pure love. I literally saw and I literally felt this and knew that she was saying the same thing. You are precious. You are never alone. And I'll never leave you. This is the center of the labyrinth, metaphorically and physically. In This Thing Called You, Ernest Holmes writes, I realize my center in the divine mind I know that I am one within all the good there is. Our purpose, as you heard, as practitioners, is to love through the recognition of oneness. This is the key. Truly knowing there is no separation between us and pure love. And this is where true transformation happens. I laid down my heartstone right then and right there no longer an obstruction, but now a part of the labyrinth to help guide others along their way and add to its sacred beauty and power. And as I reemerged, because you know there's no back except the one on your body, we go forward. So as I reemerged, I felt a profoundly deep and transformative shift to new energy, empowerment, trust, and renewed confidence in myself through self with a capital S. I knew with all my heart that as I moved into the world, into the labyrinths, we can get lost in the world of appearances and circumstances. But I knew that I'd be guided on illuminated pathways, always by the source of love that knows me and knows all of us intimately as its own beloved expressions. So... We can, indeed, change our life by simply changing our mind when things are easily flipped. And when they're not so easily flipped, we can recognize our heart stone and walk the labyrinth in our sanctuary, in our soul. And as Kathy invited you, our licensed practitioners can help with this, just as mine did. It will change your life for good with a capital G, and O-O-D, I would say, good, and infinitely more good than we had imagined. And we say yes to that good. Will you say yes with me? Yes. And so it is. Thank you.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Our inspirational service is at 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org, Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.